Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Saturday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, we've jumped around to a bunch of different sports, including spending some time on the National Football League, which actually got underway again this week. Not much work, but at least it's back. And here to uh, give us some insight to what the month of July into August means around the National Football League before they start playing those all-important regular season games is our buddy from CBSSports.com, NFL writer and insider, uh, Jared Dubin. Jared, Jody Mack here. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. Um, all right, how many years have you been covering the National Football League? Um, I think it goes back to 2014, 2015. Okay. I can't remember exactly which one. It was late 2014 into early 2015, I believe. So right. that's like eight years. Gotcha. Years, so like we have, seven years. So this is your eighth opening of the season. Uh, we've had the whole off season and rosters have been put together. And now teams actually get to look at the roster that they have put together. How important is this? Um, the, do you think that teams actually set the groundwork for long playoff runs as early as mid-July? In certain ways, yes. Um, the teams that make it through training camp healthy, that's the most important thing to me. Like The most important thing that can happen for a team season right now is an injury or the lack of an injury. Coming into the season as healthy as you can possibly be is the most important thing. And obviously they've changed the rules over the last several years to try to get more teams to be at that point where they're not experiencing a whole bunch of injuries during training camp, but you have new players, you have rookies, you have scheme changes, coaching changes, all of those things. Like you do need the reps and the practice. So you know what the heck you're doing when you get to the actual games for some teams that have a ton of continuity and haven't really changed that much, then it may not be quite as valuable. But these days, so many things are changing from season to season that you do need at least, you know, this little bit of lag time before the season starts so that you can really get everybody on the same page. All right. Uh, glad you went there. You set up my next question perfectly. Of the teams that made coaching changes during the off season. Is there one way you think you'll see an immediate difference that they upgraded, that they got themselves a very good new coach and or their old coach just wasn't good enough? If there's an upgrade to be had because of coaching and we'll see it in the first month of the season, which team most likely is that? Um, I think I think I'd go with two. I think I would go with the Giants and the Broncos for similar reasons. Um the Giants just had a, a coaching staff that was very backwards thinking and just having a staff that's willing to do things like run play action and, you know, not go run, run pass on every series 
not run a QB sneak inside the, their own five-yard line when they're down by double digits in the fourth quarter, things along those lines. Like Brian Dable ran one of the most aggressive and forward-thinking offenses in Buffalo over the last several years. And, you know, Daniel Jones is not Josh Allen by any stretch of the imagination, but he's going to put him in much better position to succeed than he's been over the last few years. And then I think that what Nathaniel Hackett's going to bring mentality-wise to Denver is going to be similar. They they had John Fox out there, or sorry, not John Fox, uh, John Fox was before. They had Vic Fangio, who is, you know, one of the best defensive coaches in the league, but he had a very conservative offensive philosophy because he just wanted to, you know, play ball control and win with his defense, and their offense just didn't do enough on that side of the ball. Now with Hackett running the, you know, Packers, 49ers, all of that style offense, and with Russell Wilson under center, they're going to be able to be much more aggressive offensively too, and I think that those two changes will will really help both of those teams. I like the two you gave me. Let me add one more. Tell me if you think it fits as well. And I'm not uh, predicting big things, just like I don't know that you'd predict big things for the Giants this year, but a a change for the better. I think Tampa, uh, excuse me, uh, Jacksonville's got to be in that mix because oh, the previous, yeah, previous administration <laughs> was kind of a mess, and I think Doug Peterson will come in there and get them headed much more so in the right direction. Absolutely. Like, just having actual professionals in the building will do a lot for Trevor Lawrence. Agreed. We're talking to uh, Jared Dubin from CBSSports.com. All right, Jared, I thought there was a possibility that we were going to find out how much, or at least how much, the original suspension of Deshaun Watson was going to be. Uh, Friday news dump is always a possibility. Didn't happen, so we're now going to have to wait into the week. Are we going to have to wait all week? Is it going to be more than a week? The Browns open up their camp, too. Uh, I I don't want to feel any empathy toward the Browns because they went into this with their eyes wide open and still gave Deshaun Watson the most guaranteed money any player's ever gotten in the history of the National Football League. But they got to know how long they're going to have their quarterback or not, don't they, at this stage? I think I'm going to give you the exact same answer. I think I was on maybe two weeks ago, and there is no rhyme or reason or timeline to anything the NFL does in these kinds of investigations, and guessing would be as good as pulling it out of a hat in terms of when the suspension is going to come down, what the suspension is going to be, whether there's going to be a suspension, whether they'll give any sort of reason for whatever decision there is. And that's just the way the NFL operates on these things. And when we talked a couple of weeks ago, it seemed like we might get the news soon. And then we didn't. And obviously we still haven't. And who knows if or when we will. And I think I said the same thing last time, too. I don't feel bad for the Browns. They put themselves in this situation. They deserve whatever they get. Fair enough. All right. Uh, sticking with quarterback situations, Baker Mayfield added to the Carolina Panthers. Sam Donald already there. Took a quarterback. All right. It wasn't in the first round, but they did take a QB in this past year's draft. Is there going to be a true competition in Carolina? Will we be able to see one of them grab the job by the throat and say, all right, yeah, he's our quarterback going forward? Or is this going to be something hanging over the Panthers head all year? I think it is going to be a competition in camp. Um, you know, they gave up the most for Sam Darnold. So, you know, in that sense, you would think he might have a leg up. But if they felt any kind of confidence in either Sam Darnold or Matt Corral, they wouldn't have gone out and traded for Baker Mayfield, even at that low cost. It just wouldn't necessarily 
be worth it for them to do that. So Baker's like the last guy in the door. So maybe you would think he might have a leg up. But I think the best case scenario for them is that Matt Corral outplays both of them in camp. And then they have a starter on a third round pick contract for the next four years. But the likelihood of that seems relatively low because it seems like Matt Rule is kind of coaching for his job this year. And then hitching their wagon to a rookie in that situation seems pretty unlikely to me. Fair enough. All right. uh, Sticking with the quarterback mode. Lamar Jackson under contract. They've the the Ravens have been very upfront in saying they want to get a contract extension done with him. He seems to be in no rush. He's his own agent. He did show up for camp. Don't know when he'll actually participate in activities. That's still to be determined. But he did show up. How long is this going to go on? As long as Lamar wants it to, I guess. Like they they clearly want him to be there and locked in on a long term deal. He's said that he wants a long-term deal as well, but obviously not really coming to the table just yet to to take it or really to tell them exactly what he wants. And, I mean, you saw the contract Kyler Murray got earlier this week. Every additional quarterback that signs a contract before Lamar does is just going to make him more money. Like, barring a career-threatening, career-ending injury, waiting seems like the best play for these quarterbacks. I mean, you saw what happened with uh, with Kirk Cousins when he went with the franchise tag a couple times. You saw what happened with Dak Prescott. He got paid a ton of money, and now Dak's like the eighth highest paid quarterback in the league or something like that. Like, these guys keep waiting and getting exactly what they want, and then two years later, their deals look like bargains. Alright, uh, we saw the big contract that Kyler Murray got this week. Um, and Lamar Jackson has an MVP under his belt, which Kyler Murray doesn't. But Kyler Murray won the Heisman. Oh, that's right. Lamar Jackson won the Heisman as well. Uh, does he walk in and go, all right, here's where we start with Kyler Murray's contract, and here's how much more I need. Will that happen in the next week or so? Because it seems to be the best way to get this negotiation going, does it not? It does seem that way. I think I would have already walked in to Eric DaCosta's office with like a copy of Kyler's contract and been like, beat that if it was me in this situation. But, uh, you know, there's a reason I'm not a professional football quarterback and Lamar is. Maybe he's got some sort of different negotiating strategy going on. Okay. But, I mean, I would think that working off of that deal and teams have got to be, you know, thanking their lucky stars that they have that deal to work off of instead of Deshaun Watson's fully guaranteed deal over the, the four years and $230 million. Um, I, I think that that's a, a good situation for, for teams. But I would think that Lamar is going to you know top Kyler in average annual value, total value, guaranteed money, the percentage of guarantees. I mean, he's been better in his career, and uh, he's getting paid after him, and that's usually what happens in those kind of deals. All right. We had uh, Jason Dumas from the Bay Area on earlier, and I asked him about their quarterback situation in San Francisco. And he said, no, he doesn't think it will be uncomfortable because Jimmy Garoppolo is as big a pro as he is. He's not quite ready to throw. He's going to show up this week when the 49ers open camp, or he may not. And if he does, it'll be excused if they don't trade him. And they ship him, and they shop him, and no one is willing to pay their... Are they going to bring him back? Are they going to have both quarterbacks, the guy who's taken them to the playoffs, a championship game, and a Super Bowl in the last three years, 
when everyone knows full well they want to hand it to uh, Trey Lance as their new quarterback. Do you believe it'll be no issue and they'll be able to work through it and have both guys in camp before the season starts? I think that if it comes down to it and both are on the roster, that Jimmy won't make a big thing of it, mostly because he'll be making like $25 million to not play and why not just take that money and then you know go get yourself paid again in the offseason. But I do feel like they're going to try to do what they can to get whatever they can uh, in a trade. And if they don't get a trade, I feel like it, it does make more sense for them to release him and then have an additional $25 million in cap space next year because, like, if they're starting Trey Lance this year anyway, Jimmy's not going to be on the team in the future. And I think that the additional cap space and what you can get to surround Trey Lance going forward is more valuable to them than having Jimmy as the backup for this year. It'll be very interesting to see how that shakes out. All right, if I told you I think the AFC East might actually be a better division than the AFC West, would you tell me I'm nuts? I mean, I wouldn't be so mean about it, but probably. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to be mean. I brought it up. You can you can lather me up all you want there, big guy. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think that the Jets, I don't think, come particularly close in quality to any of the AFC West teams is where I think the comparison falls off. And then like, you know, maybe the, the bills might be the best team out of either of the two divisions, but the AFC West probably has the next three, at least best teams and maybe four. All right. So you don't think the Patriots are going to be able to take a step forward with Mac Jones this year? I mean, I think they could take a step forward. I just don't think they'll be as good as, like, the you know, the Chiefs or the Chargers. Okay. Yeah, well, and and I'm a big Tua guy. I, this is a make-or-break year. Nobody would argue that, and I think Tyreek Hill is going to help to make him the franchise quarterback that I thought he would be coming out of Alabama. Uh, there are Tua backers and Tua detractors. If you had to fall into one of those two camps, which way would you describe yourself? I think we did this last time, and I tried to straddle the line. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I didn't let you do it last time, I'm pretty sure, and I won't let you do it now. Pick a side. I, <laughs> I guess if I'm not a backer, then I'm like automatically a detractor, right? Like if I'm not on the, he's definitely going to be a franchise guy, then I'm on the, okay. you know, he's not definitely going to be a franchise guy. Fair enough. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm just marking it all down because uh, I think there are more detractors than there are backers, but I am fully in the uh, backer camp. All right. Most people think, Jared, that the AFC is the stronger of the two conferences right now. I surely do. Um, how much of a gauntlet is the AFC team going to have to go through to get to the Super Bowl? Could it be one of those years which whoever gets the hottest of the NFC team is going to have a much easier ride and might be better suited to win that championship game at the end of the year? I, th I think so. It's going to be a lot tougher to get through the AFC and the, than the NFC, I think. like the Even the top of the NFC, I think you can poke holes in most of the best teams, whether it's you know the Packers not having Devontae Adams anymore, and now today, like we don't know what's going to happen with David Bakhtiari, who was put on the physically unable to perform list at the start of training camp. We don't know necessarily yet what his health situation is. Um, you know, you look at the NFC East, whether you like 
Philly, there's questions at quarterback. Dallas, there's questions with coaching and offensive line and wide receiver without Amari Cooper and potentially Michael Gallup. Um, you know, Tampa has the coaching change and obviously some changes uh, along the offensive line. And then with Chris Goblin, we don't know at what point he'll be back on the field. And then even the Rams, it's it's a very like stars and scrubs kind of roster. A couple injuries, and that's a much different team. But obviously, when those guys are on the field, they're pretty incredible. That's how they won the Super Bowl last year. You mentioned the coaching change in Tampa, which everyone will have their eye on. There was also there's also one in New Orleans, and the Saints can always beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers during the season. Didn't pull it off during the playoffs when it's most important. Uh, Dennis Allen. A uh, good thing that they kept a continuity of the coaching staff with Peyton walking away. Know that uh, Dennis Allen is not uh, Coach Peyton, but will he be a reasonable facsimile this year? I mean, I think that it was good to keep the the continuity overall on offense, too. You know, they have Pete Carmichael now as the official offensive coordinator and play caller, and he's been Sean Peyton's right-hand man for – basically the entire time there and somehow like they've obviously been one of the best offenses in the league and somehow nobody really tried to poach him even though you know every one of you know Andy Reid's offensive coordinators and even like Bill Belichick's offensive coordinators uh you know in between the McDaniel stints guys got poached all the time nobody tried to go and get uh Pete Carmichael which I think was kind of interesting and the one time that he was their offensive coordinator he opened things up a little bit more during the season that Sean Payton was suspended. They played a little bit more pass heavy and with more, you know, spread formations as opposed to the condensed kind of stuff that Sean Payton uh, made a living with. And I think that does suit probably Jameis Winston, just in terms of his arm strength and throwing to the wide sides of the field. He's not necessarily accurate like Drew Brees in the short areas and over the middle and in those crowded spaces. So I think that that should help him find a little bit more success than he had last year, but they need to be more aggressive offensively. They just they played so conservative offensively last year and basically were just like, our defense is going to win or we're going to lose before Janus got hurt, and that's just not really necessarily the recipe, so perhaps having that different uh, play caller and that different mindset might you know, do something pretty good for them. Alright, last one. Uh, this time of year, you don't see big trades often, and if you do, it has to do with contract issues one of those is it's implied right now in cincinnati and that's jesse bates their star safety who they put the franchise tag on he has refused to sign it um don't think he's planning on showing up at camp but uh and with the new cba uh, if you're on a tag you don't lose out if you're under contract and you don't show up yes you could lose a lot of money uh, this could get ugly in Cincinnati. Will the Bengals fold and trade him? Will they hardline him and go, yeah, well, you don't have to show up for camp, but as soon as the uh, season starts, we're going to start deducting one eight, 18th year, 17th year salary every single week. Uh, how's it going to play out between Bates and the Bengals? I can't see them trading him just because I don't know what they have behind him at safety that could reasonably approximate what he brings to that team. Like you look at their, their snaps at safety last year and him and Von Bell were both like above 90% snaps for that team. Those guys play basically all the time and nobody else gets on the field for them at safety. They need him back in the fold for this year. Maybe they can cut ties after the season, but 
I think they got to figure out a way to work it out with him for at least this year. And uh, if it was just the Bengals, we wouldn't say anything. But it's the AFC defending champion Bengals, and that makes this a pretty damn big story. Uh, Jared, I'm glad you get to go back to work this week. Now, try and stay cool because we're going through a heat wave here in this country. If you're getting out to any camps, make sure you bring a lot of sunblock. We appreciate you blocking out some time for us tonight. I appreciate it. I'm actually heading to Cincinnati, not for camp, but uh, it's my best friend's wedding. So I'm technically off this week, even though, you know, camps are starting back up. Okay. Well, you're not going to be sneaking off to Bengal camp when the wife's not looking? I don't think that that will be allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that, buddy. Appreciate you coming on with me tonight. Thanks, pal. Thanks for having me. That is Jared Dubin, CBSSports.com, NFL Insider, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Yes, the NFL is back. They are actually getting together. Rookies only so far. Most camps open up on Tuesday. Everybody in at least reporting. And then, yeah, they'll actually start, like, doing calisthenics. Because, like Jared said, uh, the most important thing, don't get hurt at this time of year. All right, Jody Mack coming back. Get the phones reopened. Let's talk some football. Get aboard at 855-212-4CBS. The Mac Man. Here we go on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.